Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome back to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. If it's Tuesday morning and you're listening to this bright and early, well, you're getting some big time news. And hey, maybe you heard the news and you were looking to get some more details. I am very proud to be joined by the founder and CEO, John Miller of Engageo, and Gabe Rogel, the CEO of Demandbase. We've got some big news to share and maybe you just caught that news and that's why you are tuning in. But gentlemen, congratulations on a very successful transaction. You have now become one team, one company, and one brand. And I think that this is probably, uh, if, if not the biggest, but one of the biggest B2B MarTech coming together, especially in the ABM space. So good morning and welcome to you both. John, how are you? I'm great. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the news that uh, Demandbase is acquiring Engageo is like super exciting and I'm really, really glad to be here. And this is not the first time for you. Uh, we'll come back to that in just a minute. But Gabe, how's, how's the morning going for you and the excitement of really two, two great forces in the MarTech uh, industry coming together? Yeah, it's great to be here, David. And, um, you know, this has been, a lo- as we'll talk about, this has been quite a long time in the making. And uh, both John and I really are confident that this is a really important move for our customers. And that's what's most important because we believe that it'll really clarify the ABM category and, and really drive B2B marketing forward. So excited to be here and talk more about it, David. Absolutely. And for full transparency, I'd like you guys to all know, like, how does Dave know this? How was he prepared to have this podcast and this interview? Well, I am a very proud investor in Engageo. This is not the first time that John and I uh, have worked together. I was an investor in Marketo, and this is this is not new to John in terms of going through uh, IPOs and acquisitions. So, John, you started uh, Engageo five years ago in 2015, and uh, this is a, a another big milestone, not only in your career but for you as CEO and leader. Let's start with the story. So, how how did this come about? Yeah, well, I mean, so I mean, first off, we I should point out, you know, I mean, a lot of people from the outside looking at demand based Engageo. I think we're competitors, you know, because we both talk about the fact that we're ABM platforms. We have, in some cases, messaging that sounds overlappy. But the reality is, is if you kind of, you know, look under the hood and really dig in, what you see is that the, we've taken very different but complementary approaches to solving the problem of being account-based. And in fact, you know, Demand-Based and Engageo have actually been longtime co-marketing partners, you know, we're both members, you know, we're co-founders of the uh, account ABM Leadership Alliance. You know, so we've done lots of events and other activities together. And we even um, have, we have over 30 joint customers, you know. And so, you know, I'll, I'll let Gabe maybe take the story from here. But, you know, the, the start, the, the kickoff here is, you know, these companies, you know, these companies were much less competitive <laughs> and much more complementary than most people think. And I, I, looking back at that time frame, I remember you showing some pretty cool slides at a, a couple of keynotes that you were doing, and you showed the trend of search for the term ABM. And really, at the time that you were uh, starting and, and building the product, Demandbase was out very, very loud in terms of marketing uh, ABM. Both of you guys together and talking about let's move from lead centric demand generation to account based 
Uh, and, and Demandbase was really a pioneer in terms of um, putting out a conference that really focused in that uh, category and commitment to education. And so, like you said, there's, there's probably people who view you guys as competition. There's probably people who, like you said, mutual customers who see, uh, you know, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. But yeah, let's, let's go over to you, Gabe. You've been with uh, Demandbase for eight years, so you're not new to the company, but it was November, just last November in, in 2019, that you took the realm of CEO uh, and Chris stepped aside. So were, were you guys talking in November or did this happen after that? You guys have been certainly busy during the pandemic, but uh, yeah. when did this begin? Yeah. First off, it, you know, it was a great time to start as, as CEO for sure. Um, uh, uh, fire, uh, learning by fire, by tri- trial by fire. But um, yeah, so John and I have known each other, you know, for a long time. We, we got together when, when he founded Engageo and, and even then, you know, his vision was kind of complementary to the demand based vision. And, you know, during the course of being at demand base for these eight years, it's been really interesting and rewarding to see how this category account based marketing, which is really the, the most important development in B2B marketing, I believe, because it is, like you said, the movement from that marketing automation model, which is kind of the linear or baton pass model between marketing and sales to a model that works more effectively with the customer journey now, which is much more of a choreographed, as John says, a soccer team with marketing and sales players working together, moving as one. And over the course of the eight years, you know, we've kind of seen ABM develop, in my mind, in really like kind of three stages. Uh, The first kind of phase was really evangelical, I think, you know, you remember you were working, uh, you know, with us, Dave, uh, when we had our form solution and we, hey, we can shorten forms. And, and it was really just the concept of moving from the individual and a lead to a much more kind of revenue centric model, which is the account. And that was a really kind of fun phase being evangelical. I really believe demand base was the first, you know, in a big way to go out with the message that you can scale at the account level. Um, through technology, you know, about 2015, you know, there was really this kind of change to, oh, ABM is a category. And it was right around when, when you know, John started Engageo, a couple other competitors came into the market. And all of a sudden, everybody was, was talking about ABM. And there was this kind of acceleration of point solutions. There were more kind of early adopters. You know, we kind of changed our go-to-market. Um, and, uh, But, you know, I think what happened through that kind of 2015 to the end of 2019, right, as I was becoming CEO, is that ABM as a category really grew its awareness to the point where every B2B company, you know, I I think needs an ABM strategy and every executive within a B2B company understands that. However, there's not a lot of consensus on what that means. So I think this kind of third phase really starting kind of this year is what is the definition of, of ABM from a technology and best practices standpoint? And, you know, as I was starting as CEO, that was like kind of the problem I was trying to confront. And uh, so we did a lot of soul searching at Demandbase, um, talking to customers, and we came up with a really clear vision of what the future platform was. It just so happens that John and I met around that time 
because we knew each other, because we were partners, we were able to be very transparent with each other. And it became clear that we had the exact same vision. And what was really magic about it was Engageo had developed the pieces of that vision that were on the demand-based roadmap. And demand-based had developed the pieces of the vision that were on the Engageo roadmap. And we just were like, this has got to happen. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was really special to be a part of. We didn't know that we would have to kind of drag it through COVID <laughs> uh, and, and kind of con- convince investors through all the uncertainty. But, uh, you know, here we are. And uh, I just think this is going to be so, so important for our customers. It is. Well, we're going to come back to that. A, a lot of people probably don't know demand basis history. I certainly remember uh, getting a phone call. I, I think it was from Chris Golick, former CEO, uh, or maybe it was Dave over there in BizDev. And he said, hey, we've got this technology that we want to show you, Dave, and see what you think. And so they did a demo of the short forms, like you said, and, and what they showed was this form. And they said, okay, you're ready? Watch this. And so the form comes up and you start entering information. And they're like, look, it, it pre-populates with, with company information. I'm like, yeah, that, that is, that's cool. And they go, but it's also enriching with a whole bunch of other information on the back. I'm like, well, what kind of information? And they said, you know, like a hundred some odd fields if you want, like whatever you want. And I said, so how does it do? What does the interface look like? And they go, this is it. I go, no, but what does the interface for like setting this up and configuring look like? They're like, well, there's not anything yet. It's, it's JavaScript. And I said, so this is really significant for marketers, but marketers don't come out of marketing school with JavaScript. You know, that's, that's a, your web dev person. So we immediately started partnering with Demandbase. This feels like 10 years ago. I mean, we just celebrated our 13-year anniversary. I'm like, why don't we put some documentation and then we'll help our clients because every single company that has marketing automation has forms. So why don't we teach and, and create scripts and have basically a workbook that determines what of those hundred or so fields should we enrich? Because you really don't need all that information, but maybe you need industry or company size, what have you. And that was Demandbase's solution for a long time. However, the reason I bring this up is you guys came out with something that you sunset, and this is probably predates you, Gabe, is that there was this ticker tape uh, type technology, or maybe you're there for it. Well, I was right, right as I was coming on, we were sunsetting it, but I'm, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Right. And that was, that was your first ABM tool, if you really think about it, because when that ticker tape ran across the screen, it was designed to tell sales here's the company that's on your website right now. This company is looking at, at your website. I never know the history behind why that tool was, was Sunset. It ran on, I think, Adobe Air. So shout out to Adobe for their technology that enabled it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was clear from the, the, the early beginnings, it was like, we want to build a richer profile uh, from a data perspective and we want to help from a sales enablement. And then you guys made, I would say, a pretty big expansion, pivot, whatever you want to call with all the display technology and the and the ABM tool set that you had. John, on the other hand, you came at this very differently. You came from a, a pain and suffering mode. You were running uh, Marketo. You looked at what you guys had internally. You guys were a lead gen machine. I don't think anybody back then was doing a better job in terms of content creation, content publishing, and demand gen than Marketo. Uh, but you've said, I don't have this tool set that I really want and uh, what marketing needs, David Kane and Heidi and the rest of the group would, would want. And you started after you left, you started Engageo to build out that platform and tool set that you guys didn't have there. And now you guys have, have intersected together. 
So what does it mean? You know, feel free to comment on any of that, but what does this mean to clients, right? Every, every demand-based client, which there are many of, and engage your client hearing the news today is going to go, what does this mean to me? And, and what does it do to my license? What's going to happen in the future? Uh, cover some of that. Who wants to take that? Well, I mean, let's just start by you know, expanding what you were just talking about a little bit, right? So, you know, demand base, as you sort of said, pivoted, by the way, seven or eight years ago. So it's not so recent, but, you know, yep. you know in, into ABM, you know, uh, and, and built out, you know, first and, first and foremost, probably the, well, the only DSP that is optimized for B2B companies. You know, so all the other guys doing ABM ads are, you know, kind of sitting on some generic consumer DSP you know, and then trying to apply kind of an account-based lens to it, whereas demand-based is truly built a B2B DSP. So it's, it is the, you know, the dominant uh, B2B display technology out there. You know, and on top of that, you know, they built out, you know, this incredible machine learning infrastructure for, you know, intent, you know, so finding accounts and key specific keywords that companies are showing intent for, uh, as well as account, just, you know, predictive account selection you know, which, which accounts you should go after. So, so demand base has had this like powerhouse around um, digital or sort of almost top of the funnel ABM, which are the interesting accounts? Who should I be going after, you know, driving ads to them, get them to your website. And then, you know, using the historical strengths around personalizing that experience. Um, and then reporting on all that, you know, that web, uh, traffic and web analytics data to, you know, alert sales and to show that it's working. You know, Engage, as you said, we came from a marketing automation background, right? So from our background, the guts of everything is the, the core database or the CDP. You know, so, you know, we built, the first thing we built was really kick-ass integration with CRM, with your marketing automation systems, you know, other first-party data, including your email and your calendar. You know, and then on top of that, we built cool analytics for marketing, like waterfalls, account journeys, and conversion rates, and things like that. And then a real powerhouse of Engageo is then the sales engagement intelligence, letting the sales team know what's happening, you know, at their accounts across all these channels, uh, whether it's you know, you know, emails or campaigns, web visits, form fillouts, you know, you name it. Um, and then lastly, Engageo has built the orchestration engine. Yep. Really kind of taking our marketing automation DNA to, re- to build an if, if, if this, then that style workflow to uh, run, you know, run and automate campaigns. You know, Dave, you and I have been working together with Genesis. Yep. Right. You know, to really build out multi-channel orchestration uh, based on that CDP, for example. I was going to bring that up just to, to interject for everybody listening. There's a podcast episode coming up with Bruce from Genesis. Uh, as John said, John and I have been part of a collective at Genesis, both mutual clients uh, of Engageo and DemandGen, and we've been working with them on their ABM journey. They, they launched a, a new marketing automation system uh, earlier this year, and then they have been very, very focused on ABM, not just this year, but in the past, and brought on Engageo to use that as their platform. And so Bruce and I are going to tell that story coming up in a week or so. Uh, so tune into Demand Gen Radio. Look for that podcast with Bruce from Genesis, and you can hear about their ABM journey. But the big thing about that that journey, right? There was a lot of discovery around the different tool sets and technologies, stitching this all together. And it, always when there's consolidation like this, one of the benefits should be and will be in your guys' case that uh, that customers 
have less vendors to turn to for getting some of those essential ingredients that are needed for those that want to do account-based uh, sales, sales and marketing. I'm sure that was a big driver from a, a customer perspective. What, what does it mean to them, John or, or Gabe, however you guys want to take that around this? Because that, that's going to be a question in their mind, right? They're going to come up for license renewal. How does that affect things, whether I'm renewing Engageo or the demand-based solutions, or I'm a new prospect, maybe I'm someone in your pipeline right now, and now that these companies are coming together, one team, one company, one brand, what does that mean to me? Any, any insights you can share as you guys are still I'm sure, sure, sorting through some of that? Yeah, I mean, I think I could take it on, on the current customers for, from a functionality standpoint, and then John, maybe you could kind of chime in on like the licensing considerations. But, um, you know, I, I think the, the big headline is that current Engageo customers are going to now get, um, you know, the pieces of ABM technology that they've been asking Engageo for which is the ability to kind of take their first party audiences that, that they've developed and the plays that they've orchestrated and advertise on the leading, you know, account-based DSP, as, as John mentioned. So the advertising capability um, to be able to, once they've targeted those accounts, get them to the site and, and personalize content um, to, to kind of speed the funnel and shorten forms. We still, you know, we still have that, yeah. that product. And then also, very importantly, the machine learning um, kind of competency that DemandBase has that, that John mentioned, the ability to understand buying propensity, intent, and add that to the first-party models they have. So Engageo customers get those jigsaw pieces and kind of the inverse is demand-based customers get what they've been asking for, which is you know, connect this to my first party data. It's great that we have our web, you know, your proprietary IP identification to understand what's happening on our website, the intent, you know, that we can get accounts to our site and we can personalize, but can we integrate that with marketing automation, CRM, email, calendaring? And we've been so, I mean, Engageo does that so well. You know, a, a lot of people talk about first party data, but because of the history, you know, marketing automation history, that's a really complex, um, you know, set of technology issues, and, and we're so impressed with what they've been able to do. So, demand-based customers get the first-party data piece of the picture. They get the orchestration, which is the alignment of sales and marketing, and then, like, super impressed also with the the sales. That kind of the final mile. So, what are you doing with all your demand gen? Well, you got to get sales to act on it. Right, because this is not a transactional thing. This is this is a big soccer team working together, and the demand-based customers will get, um, you know, the, the Engageo um, sales insights. So that's the immediate benefit to both sides in terms of the you know how it works. We're going to make it as easy as possible. So John, I don't know if you want to talk a little more about kind of the licensing aspect of things. Yeah. So you know, first of all, we are going. We are already moving. You know, at you know warp speed to get all these things pulled together. You know, into a unified platform. And so we we intend to deliver kind of the consolidated solution this calendar year. You know, and what that's gonna you know almost one way to think about that is it's gonna look you know from a UI perspective a lot like the current Engageo application. Obviously, there'll be some rebranding. Uh, but the sort of user experience is going to be, you know, very similar to what we built today, which, by the way, is pretty familiar to anybody who's used marketing automation. Yep. Uh, so that's cool for that. 
Yeah. And then, you know, the, the, the back end of that is going to be augmented with all the demand-based capabilities. You know, so bringing in the machine learning, bringing in the intent data, bringing in the account selection and some of the other uh, cool campaign analytics and web analytics that they have. Um, and then also the advertising targeting personalization modules uh, will also be able to be part of kind of that consolidated uh, overall solution. So that's coming, you know, and so in the meantime, uh, a customer can continue. So sorry, an existing customer, say an existing demand-based customer, you know, is going to have the rights to buy Engageo. Uh, frankly, a really, really good deal. Um, similarly, a, a, a Engageo customer will have the rights to add demand base as a separate platform, but a really kind of, you know, smoke and economics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, and sort of we want to almost incent people to be on what we're going to call the demand based enterprise a, ABM, enterprise ABM platform, which is going to, you know, initially really be both platforms. Mm-hmm. And as, you know, at the end of the year, th- these things kind of come together you know, then obviously they'll have now light, you know, they've already licensed the functionality from both platforms. Right. You know, and they'll kind of have both. A new prospect kind of gets a choice, you know, in the near term. You know, if they want to license just Engage or just Demand Base, we'll let them, mm-hmm. you know, especially if they're already in a buy cycle and an evaluation. Um, but, but we're going to make it pretty attractive to license both. Because um, ultimately, we do think that's where the power is going to be when when somebody's on kind of the, the unified solution. Got it. So future state making the whole greater than the sum of the parts. One platform bringing the the capabilities into into a rebranded interface, but a, an interface that is familiar to engage your users and uh, you know getting getting the the best of both worlds. Let me ask you guys a, as a question: um, What was it like doing a deal from home? Right. I mean, I don't know how many deals of this magnitude have ever been done without sitting in. I'm assuming that you never went into some boardrooms together at at some of the the VCs and 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 with your attorneys. Maybe that's a bad assumption, but I'm assuming as I look at you guys right there working from home that that's where things were done. What behind the scenes? What was that like? And and am I, is my assumption correct? Yeah, I don't think Gabe and I have seen each other in person since February. You know, we haven't. We've probably done this little Zoom thing almost every day, but we haven't uh, seen each other in person. Gabe's hair has gotten progressively longer. <laughs> there's, there's a whole story there for any company that's gone ever through a, a merger or uh, an acquisition. Uh, very few of them, if any, are probably ever done like this uh, remote. So there's, there's a story about building trust and rapport. And, and yeah. It's unprecedented, but you know, one thing which I think, you know, and I, like, I want Gabe to comment on this one too, but you know, it just... It, I think it's more than anything else. It's a testament of how just absolutely compelling and really inevitable this combination was. You know, once Gabe and I saw that shared vision, like we weren't going to let anything, let alone working from home, get in the way of making this combination happen. Let's talk about employees. Um, I'm familiar. I'm personally familiar with both of your cultures and, and known both leadership teams. Um, since the beginning and, and great leadership on both sides, great cultures on both sides. What does it mean to your employees? And I'm sure you gave a lot of thought to that, both thinking about your customers and the employees. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, that was another part of it is, is how similar, and to, to John's point about kind of going through this unique way to, to, to bring about um, 
you know, this, this deal, it, it took a complete commitment and that was that the technology was there, but that was also that, you know, the culture was similar and, uh, you know, we both believe, you know, this, it can look good on paper, you know, that the piece is put together, but really at the end of the day, often, you know, the rub is on how do the cultures mix and, um, you know, we, we, we have very similar values. We, we manage the companies in, in very kind of eerily similar ways in terms of like the books we read and, and kind of how we manage objective, objectives and, and, and all those things. So I think that kind of almost familiarity was um, one of the, yet another thing that enabled us to, to just keep going. There were so many obstacles in the way, but just to keep going because we knew that it would be really great for, for both employee bases. And as I've, uh, you know, and I did, um, you know, John and I did a, did a town hall yesterday with, with the Engageo team and doing it, it, it just, you know, it just felt so, so right to be in front of, you know, a company that was moving in the same direction. And I could tell them like, look, we're bringing these pieces and you're bringing these pieces. And likewise on the demand base side, you know, bringing our team in, everybody's just kind of floating, you know, they're just, there's just this level of energy of what we think we can do because, you know, going back to kind of the three phases, you know, we're in this definitional phase. And I just think that this is going to kind of clarify ABM in a really important way and, and move that marketing automation model to the next model. And everybody kind of at both companies, you now one company, as you say, feels it. So I think everybody's looking at it like, wow, this is, this is a career opportunity. This category has been trying to get to this point for a long time. And now we're here, you know, let, let's go out and do it. So there's a lot of energy and excitement. Yeah. And when, when you look at the, the giants in this industry, the Adobe's, uh, for example, who, who uh, ultimately acquired John's company, Marketo, Adobe's stack, many of the elements of Adobe stack were all done through acquisition. Even Photoshop was an acquisition and Day was an acquisition, which became uh, Adobe Experience Manager. Uh, and now Marketo is Marketo Engage over there and, and many, many of their tools. I think Acrobat was another product manager who worked on that originally, like that was developed in-house. But a lot of their core technologies came through acquisitions to accelerate uh, their agenda. And, and certainly that's, uh, that's, that's what you guys are looking to do is to make the customer experience, your customer experience, um, accelerated um, by bringing tool sets together so they don't have to stitch as much together, figure out as much uh, together. So, so kudos to both of you and for working as hard as you no doubt have had to have extra hard to make something like this happen during this, this time period. Uh, any other news that, that um, yeah, I'm thinking about your competition a little bit who woke up this morning was probably like, oh shit, um, this, this happened. Uh, we've seen some acquisitions not happen, right? There were some attempts for some players to come together last year and the year before that didn't ultimately work out. And we've seen some acquisitions that have happened and maybe not as much results that have come from those that kind of like products that are acquired and almost disappeared in some way. And I'm sure that is not going to happen with you guys. But uh, what do you think the industry is is thinking about that, that we want to answer here today that we haven't already? And, and any news that uh, we still haven't shared? I'd love to... Uh, you know, you guys are, for folks who don't know, right before this call launched, they're both on their cell phones, talking to attorneys, uh, wrapping up details and logistics. So it's, it's a busy time for these guys. I appreciate it, guys. I mean, one, one thing, you know, that 
it's you know you mentioned some of the other sort of these private to private deals that fell apart. Yeah. The you know the reality is it is incredibly difficult. You know, like level ten difficulty to get two private companies to merge together. Um, the I you know well we can tell stories you know or beers one day about just like all the you know just how hard it is. And so that's why you see the deals fall through. And, and it's why, frankly, you don't see it happen as often as you might think. It's yeah. private to private is incredibly, incredibly hard. So most of the time, if you do see it happen, it's because a company is struggling. You know, because, you know, they aren't able to get funding or they're, you know, just, they're just not going to succeed on their own. You know, and, and so, you know, you may see some more of that happen in the industry, right? Because there are too many MarTech companies out there. For sure. You know, yeah. and, and not all of them are going to kind of get funding and continue. Um, but, you know, I just want to be super duper clear. This isn't an example of that. You know, Engageo was doing fine. We were going strength to strength. You know, like many companies, you know, we were being financially responsible because of COVID. You know, but as a result, we had, you know, plenty of runaway and, and lifeline on our own. You know, this, this deal happened because it was so compelling from a vision perspective. I don't know if there are that many more perfect fits out there like this. Uh, off the top of my head, I wouldn't, I wouldn't quickly build that list. When you share the news with me, uh, I wasn't surprised. And, and to back up your point, you have been making changes to the organization strategically that aligns to this initiative, kind of betting on this happening, like you said, being responsible. I don't think there's any anyone who expects a MarTech company to come out in their first, you know, it's been uh, five years for you, John, but for their first several years uh, to be profitable. It's happened. I think Salesforce is one of those, I think Salesforce is one of those stories. I'm not sure I hear different things, but you, you've got to invest in growth and you're building a product and you're building an engineering team and it takes a while to get first customers. But I believe Gabe, and I don't think it's confidential because the news came out uh, last year that you guys had broke the 100 million revenue mark. You guys shared that because that's a pretty big milestone. A lot of companies go public when they break the 100 million revenue mark. So you guys have been on a, a great growth rate. And John, you know, your growth rate, it was a little different with Marketo because uh, there was marketing automation as a category. There was a category leader at that time, Eloqua. And you said, uh, remember our conversations, you're like, I want to build a better mousetrap and do things that that they haven't done. And you set out to do that and did that extremely well. When you came out with Engageo, it had never been done before. You were, you were inventing a platform from scratch and had to think through what are those capabilities that uh, a customer needs. And, and orchestration was something that you had to think very hard about in terms of, I don't want to just help companies figure out who to target and, and are we being successful in engaging with those companies, you said, I want to build an automation platform, an orchestration platform that enables that engagement. So it's very logical to me seeing the conversations that no doubt you and Gabe had that said, you guys do this stuff really, really well over here, you, uh, demand base from a data perspective and engagement perspective. And we do this stuff over here in terms of orchestration and account targeting and sales enablement. Let's fuse this together and, and make as I said earlier, the whole greater than the sum of the parts. So I, I think it's a, it's a great, uh, it's a very great day and it's a very great uh, time for those taking on ABM. And I, I believe that this coming together because of both companies' commitment to education as well, right? You're not just committed to products, 
and both have strong internal cultures and a passion for customer success, you are, both companies are incredibly committed to education within this space. And no doubt that will, that will continue. John, your role, uh, you're going to be chief product officer, uh, which will be something I know that you're passionate about, something that you enjoy doing. Well, especially when you have a kick-ass product, it's extra fun. Yeah, it, it is. And, and a lot less you'll have to worry about uh, taking off the CEO hat. But uh, Gabe, what do, you, what do you think about having someone like John on your team? Because you guys have gone through you know, over a decade of innovation and ideation. And now you've got someone who's truly one of the godfathers and leaders uh, in this space, uh, now helping to champion where innovation and technology will go there. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm honored. I mean, I, I think you know, John's track record, what he's accomplished obviously speaks for itself, but I think, you know, even more getting to know him <laughs> over Zoom in the strange way that we're, where our relationship developed, you know, we, we just, you know, we think that we, we, we have very similar approaches. And I think, you know, you mentioned um, kind of the commitment to, to education, Dave, um, that is, that is a big part of this. And I, and I look, you look at, how the industry will develop and maybe there'll be some consolidation. I don't think the pieces will fit like this, but the innovation that's going to come out of this, um, John joining our, you know, together with us, the passion for this space. I mean, we live in B2B marketing. We know the challenge, how difficult it is to be a B2B marketer, given the transformation that's happening. And we're going to, as John said, move like the wind, to get this integrated platform out, but then um, 2021, 2022, the innovation that's going to be possible, bringing these teams together, working with John, that's what I'm like most excited about is like the things that will evolve that we don't even anticipate yet. And uh, I'm just excited to, to, to see how it all develops. Very cool. Well, I am going to let you guys, uh, wrap this up because I know you have a busy day and probably is still a busy weekend ahead of you uh, because anybody hearing this, it, it's in a time machine. Uh, it, it's happened. If you didn't hear this, something went wrong, but, uh, and I'm not going to be responsible for that. I, I know there's going to be one challenge with, with you and John. I'm sure you've gotten past it because uh, I'm experiencing it right now. Man, you have great hair. You really <laughs> have great hair, Gabe. <laughs> I, well, I never allowed it to get to the state and COVID kind of forced me. So uh, it's, it's allowing me to reconsider, you know, the do, but I appreciate that. <laughs> Props to the do. Good, good job there. All right, you guys, uh, on that note, a couple things. Um, we have unofficially launched, as in we haven't launched our Demand Gen TV channel. And I'm sure I'm getting in trouble with marketing by telling you all about it. But go ahead and, and make me a hero by going over there and subscribing. Search for Demand Gen on YouTube. And the reason that I am plugging it is I think, well, probably not by the time you hear this, but shortly thereafter, we are releasing, because we're recording them today, several demos of the Engageo platform. So if you've never seen Engageo and this is new news to you, well, you're in a treat. Go over to YouTube, search for Demand Gen, hit subscribe if they're not up there yet, but you will get notified and you'll be able to see what the Engageo platform looks like in Engageo. You'll be able to see what the Engageo platform looks like in Salesforce from a sales enablement. And Gabe, now I've got to reach out to your product team and put some demos of uh, your capabilities so they can see the whole enchilada together. And, and we'll get that done. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, Gabe and John, for taking time out of your busy day as you're wrapping things up on the deal to spend some time and share this news. I encourage all of you to continue uh, reading. There's certainly lots of news uh, by now going to be out there in terms of the 
the transaction and, and what this means coming together. But glad that you guys could, could share that. If anyone has any questions, I'm sure you can uh, reach out to the companies, get more additional information or to myself on LinkedIn. And that's going to do it for this episode of Demand Gen Radio. We'll catch you on the next one. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.